0: If you're going to try something new in a new way, you're tracking it so you can see the effectiveness of it. And before you do that, you've really got to say, have we really exhausted this, what we're doing? Is there still meat on the bone? And if there is, is it worth going for or is it going to be more advantageous given our aim to try something new in a new way? There's no formula to that. It's just there's more of an awareness to it and an inquiry into it given the context of whatever we're aiming at. How do you relate to your goals?
1: Hello, my friends, my name is Chad. This is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high-stakes conversations for relentless company founders. My co-hosts and I have over six decades of combined experience in leadership coaching, and this podcast is where we explore it all. There's no conversation too risky. This week, Adrian, Dan, and I sit down and chat about the distinction between goals and aim. We discuss the phenomenon of wanting freedom by choosing slavery, in the context of goal setting, I can't wait to dive in with you. Let's go, Dan and Adrian. It's great to be with you guys. Yeah, good to be here, man. Good to be back. It's um, it's been fun to see some feedback coming in from people that are li- from listeners to the podcast. We have a. Um, I'm keeping that feedback link in the description of these episodes to increase our chance of getting more. So if you're listening to this, you haven't given us feedback, you can take four minutes, five minutes, to click on the link in the description here. We would love to hear what your experience has been listening to the podcast, what you would like to hear more of and how we can serve you. That's the purpose of doing this. So please take them in to do that and we would we would really appreciate it. Uh, one other p- item of housekeeping is that we have a couple of revenants coming up. First one's coming up in February in Idaho, almost full. If you are new to our conversations, haven't heard what the revenant is, you can go to wearevenant.com, find out what that is. Either of you want to do two minutes, one minute on what revenant is.
0: Adrian, take it away.
2: <laughs> well, there's a handful of ways we talk about the revenant. So first off, I mean, revenant means to come back from. And I don't know anybody that's not doesn't have some area of their life that is not optimized, at least. Or there might you might have experienced some kind of tragedy, either in recent times, or even something historical. So if you're listening to this, just think about, look around your life in your mind's eye and think about what's not the way you want it to be, especially if it bothers you. And you've probably given up some hope that something new could happen in that side of your life. So we would invite you to come, not to go learn a bunch of new stuff, but actually to come and submit that area of your life uh, to the room. And that, you, that something new can happen there. So everyone there is there to get something, to generate something new uh, in some area of their life. And everybody's got their specific answer. We'll have about 40 people in this room most likely. And it's really fun. So we actually practice the art of, of honesty, practice the art of getting some feedback. And we want to take a look at what has kept the things in our lives that's not as great as it could be, what's kept it that way. And it's always, unfortunately, bad news, it's you. It's you. It's the way you've related to it. It's what you've thought about it. It's what you believed about it. You know, it might just be some old-fashioned despair or shame about it. Um, And you don't have to come to the Revenant. And if you don't want something new, definitely don't come. But if you want something new, but you just need some help, and you're at that place where it's like, okay, I'm willing to do to do something new so I can get something new, and that usually just requires looking at something in a brand new way. And we all need help to do that because you can't really do surgery on yourself, even no matter. Those listening that think they're really self-aware, there's just things we're not seeing. And so it's good to have people around you that see you, love you, support you, and will challenge you with the truth. And then you get to try things on. So it's not coercive in any way. We do challenge the room in deep ways, probably ways you've not been challenged in a long time. So if you're, if you want something new if you're not too faint of heart and you want to like give 20, give yourself to something new in 2024, the Revenant is a perfect spot for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know a guy. I know a guy who tried to do surgery on himself. It didn't. It it, it didn't. It didn't go well. well. Didn't go well. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for that, man. Uh, We'd love to see you in Idaho or one of the following Um, revenants. We would absolutely love to have you. Well, I'm
0: excited about you guys. Uh, You know, Adrian's going to solo his first revenant uh, in Los Angeles. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about being there. Just to you know stand with you, but it's gonna be exciting and it's that team's great. forming and that training's forming. I think we'll start a a wait a wait list out of this one because I think we'll be full in the next yep. couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, yep. In the next ten days because we're, we're at twenty seven now. We won't take more than forty. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well um appreciate that. Uh we are revenue.com is where you can check the, yeah check out more information on that, get registered or at least get your application in and then we'll give you a call and see if it's a good fit. Um, so it's the beginning of a new year, gentlemen. It is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Here we
1: Jay. are. I- I'm curious at the top of this conversation for you to, I'd love to just hear how, how do each of you relate to the beginning of a new year? How do you typically see it? Or how are you seeing this one? Like what's, what are you thinking about as this, as the calendar turns over? Well, I can, I can go first.
2: I mean, new year is romantic. Uh, there's something about it, right? you know it's like you know we're always somebody who's just making a joke the other day I heard maybe it was Pete Holmes just talking about like every year is is you' you're a year from the previous anyway, it's like whatever we're December 20th like today is you know this is a, this is now we've been 365 days from the last December 20th, but there's something about January 1st. It's one of those markers for us I think as a as a uh, species where it's like, okay, this is actually something new. And I don't think there's anything more romantic than new. We desire surprise. We desire re- we desire revelation. We desire uh, reconstitution. We desire you know uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Resurrection. We all desire that. That's a baked into our mammalian history that something new can come from something old. Something dead can come to life. Like that is the greatest story um, for us, and we all know that. Like the big turnaround story, the underdog story, that kind of thing. So. I get really stoked about it. I was actually just messaging with a guy this morning on Instagram, who's kind of a, a loose associate, and he was talking about next year and what he's doing. He's going to do an Ironman, maybe, and blah blah blah. He challenged me to do some kind of race, and I, I, I thought to myself, "Oh my gosh, do I really want to do this?" But I, but I, I but I told him on the message back was, "Well, as I reflect over this Christmas break, you know, and coming out of it, I know I'm going to get reset." And just make some new decisions for what this thematically, what this next year is going to be like for me. And I typically do pick a theme or two, which is for me just an anchoring point. Like, okay, this is a chief filter by which I'm going to see a lot of things. And coming out of the year I came out of, which had a lot of shifts happening, you know, I left a marriage in May and um, that took a lot of boldness and a lot of courage and a lot of care and empathy for everybody involved. And I'm not one that quits really anything. So to leave that took a lot for me. The majority of 2023, just kind of reintegrating myself with all the learnings there and responsibilities there and the new life that's here and the new place and all the new stuff that happened. But it, that was all new to kind of get me back to some kind of stabilization point. So as we're in 2024, this is feels like an unleashing, feels like an unlocking, feels like a, a like a fresh launch pad. And that's all obviously very invigorating. So that's naturally what happens to
1: me in a new year. Yeah. Yep. That new, that, that concept of new is interesting. I love that you started there because that it really is vitality. New, newness is vitality, right? We mm-hmm. don't say happy better year. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. You know what I mean? it's kind of, it's kitschy to say that, but I, it did bring to mind for me, it's like we really do treat this as an opportunity for some newness and there's a rebirth that's available. It's not necessarily doesn't just happen, but it is available to us, and and it's commonly talked about in that in that frame, which I really like. Yep, um, I really, I really, it really resonates with me. What about you, Dan? You've had a few New Years.
0: Well, I'm 68 this week, so I've had 68 of them, and uh, or the 68th is coming. I think usually this time of year, I focus on completion first because uh-huh. I've been involved in a lot of different things and um and and I found that if I don't complete on whatever I've done and or am in the middle of or haven't finished or you know like there's usually things for me to go wrap up like declare you know what we've been working on this project I'm not going to work on this project anymore or I'm gonna I'm gonna have this done by this time so I want to complete where I've been up until now and then um I'm kind of like Adrian in this sense I I see, I get a theme going. Like like last year was, a theme was recover my family because of what happened to Leon. on. And, and really make sure that we're together and that nobody gets lost, nobody gets left behind. Yeah. And that we can bring those things to completion. And, and for having, people that
2: are listening, Dan lost his grandchild, you know, fourth day in 2023. January 4th. Yeah, that's right. Fourth, and, yeah. Uh,
0: and, um, and then... You know the beautiful thing um, a f- kind of a natural completion or part of a completion for that this year was Dan my son Dan the, the fourth and his wife Aisha, just had Anna Maria so and she's uh, almost two weeks old and I'm gonna get to see her soon. I haven't seen I've seen her on video I have lots of video of course, but I I get to go hold her soon so that's gonna be one of the first things I do in the new year. Um, the other thing is this I it, was like this next year, The theme for me is to uh, invent. I want to do some or innovate um, around what we do as a company, and and just innovation has really been going on for me. And I've got some very specific ideas about what that looks like. And um, I'm not a I'm not a big big on goals. I'm, I'm in the same school Adrian is, but I like to look back and say, okay, if I want to get here, what targets do I need to hit in this month? to set up the next month. Because I'm always I'm aware that vision can change. <laughs> you know, depending on what we come up against and and also, you know, my as I'm aiming at something, a lot of times I start out with one idea, but that idea morphs into something either bigger or more or clearer, might be smaller, but clearer, a deeper quality. You know, so I want to be flexible for that. So I gotta hold it like that. And uh, but I I usually out of my completions that usually brings some influence into what I want that that's going to be new i think it kind of emerges from the completion
1: lots of opportunity lots of possibility opening up for me reconsidering the way that i've worked up until now just because it's the way that you guys work right of we've we've got a few years under our belts um, and there's a way, uh, a way of coaching and consulting and being involved with clients that you guys really prefer. And so I've followed suit in that to get to learn. And and now uh, this year for me is like discovering how do I make this mine.
0: Yep. Innovation. Maybe uh, you're on innovation too.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. How do I how do I make this uh, mine and like take all of. So much beautiful things that I've learned from both of you, and 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 preserve those, and add something new to
0: them. Uh Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that, Chad. I think what you do, some of what I've seen you do, I think is going to add a lot to us. I can see it already. I love what you're up to. Yeah, I mean, you you're you. I love the way you throw yourself at it. You don't. There's no half ass in you. I I love. (laughs) Well. Talk to Katie, but could you let Katie know that? I mean, <laughs> well, I think that might be part of her complaint is that if there's no half ass, and then maybe you, limp, you come back limping from what you just did, and she wants more you, than there's the no half
2: ass, but she just gets no ass. Nope. <laughs> yeah. You know, Katie's been looking for some ass, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, baby,
1: grab <laughs> all the ass you wants. Hey. Um, <laughs> okay,
0: anyway, um, Hi. she'll never hear this. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna send her. This episode, Katie, I think you need to listen to this episode. You yeah. need
1: to listen to anything I do, which is good for her. Oh, sounds like you
0: have a little unpacking to do there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, you see, you talked about goals, and this is what's interesting, is right. So, you said uh, I don't do goals traditionally. Not exactly what you said, but traditional in the traditional sense, goals. Um, but I do have an aim, and then I track back what. Is going to get me towards that aim, so that's an interesting distinction that I wanted. Actually, that's what I wanted to build this conversation around: is that distinction that you're making. Um, and, yeah. but I want to start with the with the um, probably traditional idea or relationship with what we call goals and some of the pitfalls that exist there. Because right now, we this is coming out first week of January. People are thinking about what goals do I have. That can be in the business. That can be revenue goals. It can be uh, profit goals. It can be growth indicators, you know, all of that co- kind of stuff. Or it can be, hey, I want to, I'm going to work out every day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And people are naturally thinking about this as we are as well. It's just like, what do I want for the year? So talk to me a little bit. Dan, you shared, um, this conversation that I just really got so much out of it with a guy named Jason Freed. He's he's the um, founder of Basecamp.
0: Yeah. 37 Signals is the company. Yeah.
1: 37 Signals is the company and then Basecamp's the product that they, that they, yeah. And uh, man, I just found so much uh, freedom and flow in that conversation with him. And this is one of the things that he talks about is how he and his company relate to, goals and they don't really set goals around um, go ahead
0: well i've actually he's kind of one of dan my son's guys that he looks up to and listens to and you know the whole idea of of like for instance instead of tracking revenue tracking profit like or not profit uh cash flow or profitability like each month month to month now, we made that shift ourselves, and we've seen a big a big improvement. Like When I saw that, I, I was talking to Adrian about it before, and I, I thought, you know, I to send these guys this, this podcast. It's really good. But as we track profitability, it's much, you know, I prefer that, right? And, um, you know, we're thinking about, we're definitely, you know, my son and I have started a uh, software company, and, you know, that's what Maven's coming out on, and we're moving in that direction. Like, we want to bootstrap it, we're interested in, Committed to a, a certain aim, but that aim is not traditional in its in the sense of how things are set up. Why? Well, there's a lot of. I've found a lot of pain in like, okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna lose 30 pounds. Okay, I did that a year ago. I've held it off, but I didn't say, okay, every day I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that each week. I'm gonna do this. No, I, my aim was to lose 30 pounds, and then. I, and, and really what that aim fell off of I'm committed to being healthy right I'm committed to and and part of that being healthy was getting up to some of the things that you guys are doing that I thought were impossible for me like you know I started i'm, I'm and now I'm going back I'm looking into I'm talking to Ben Smith as a matter of fact about how I can start really pushing some weight so i that's good for my body because of my you know the uh, slip discs and all and i've I've been away from that But as I've watched you and I've watched Danny, and I I want that health. So how do I get that health? I'm going to figure a way to do it that's healthy. And my my aim is the health. And I know if I get healthy, I'd lose the thirty weight, thirty pounds. Now I'm going to lose another. I might commence to lose another fifteen, and 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 build some muscle mass and drop my blood pressure. Like those things are all part of it. And I'm gonna, and I know I'm gonna include things I don't even see now, but I, I kind of keep that as an aim, and I will alter my targets as they're appropriate with my lifestyle, what comes up, so that I maintain the aim in the circumstance. That the so that I'm not like, oh, I have to be rigid about how I do this thing. I just have a hard time with that, right? And maybe I'm splitting hairs here, but. There's a a certain part of me that gets disappointed if I break it down into like, okay, here's a one-year goal, and I'm going to do this every day, and then I don't do it for a couple days. I'm like, oh, I'm falling behind versus, you know, what would be healthy now, like from here, right? So I stay on the health, the vision of health and what health means to me, not on the uh, content or structure of what I've set up to fulfill that yeah like yeah it would be flexibly organized
1: life is not fair it's what you negotiate let me say that one more time life is not fair it's what you negotiate now that's an interesting thought if that's true it means that everything you have in life right now the possessions the relationships the fitness the mindset are all a product of your negotiations with others and yourself and if that's true Wouldn't you want to be very clear on how you negotiate? What's effective and what's ineffective? What your strengths are and what your blind spots are? It is, after all, producing all the results in your life. So here's the deal. We put together a 15-question quiz that you can take in five minutes or less and find out exactly what your negotiation style is. The results of this quiz will give you insight into your strengths and blind spots in negotiation, It will also give you insight in how you can accentuate those strengths or compensate for the blind spots. Think for just one second with me, all of the conversations you're having in your life. Think about compensation or advancement conversations with people on your team, discussing financial decisions with a partner, or just getting your kids to get their damn shoes on so that you can leave the house. All of these conversations are negotiations. This simple yet powerful tool has the potential to reinvent the way you get what you want in every aspect of life. Go to negotiation.takenewground.com right now or click the link in the description of this episode and find out what negotiation style you embody. You can thank us later. Now back to the show.
2: Yeah, I, I would I would add to that. I, I think for me, a part of the distinction here is and let me type to goals like people typically and we're talking about some personal goals right now and we could talk about that or talk, talk about corporate goals so we're a conundrum as human beings um like we we want freedom but we prefer slavery and i think it shows up in the goals conversation because a lot of times people sit down and write goals down. First off, they they tend to be airy-fairy about it and like tend to like, you know, shoot your, shoot to the moon type stuff. And yet they're not in an honest dialogue with themselves about what's really happening now. And so there's not like a proper contextualization. It seems we seem like we're wussies or we seem like we're scared if we're not going to like double things over. And I'm all, but we're all about exponential here. But at the same point, people like, it's almost like a show. You know, it's like we have to set really high goals, otherwise we've already failed. And sometimes the the most courageous thing is to set a realistic goal. Like what am I actually what can we actually do? And you know, and that's a there's a lot baked into that, right? That's a ten hour conversation. Like what what does it mean? What can we do? Um But for the sake of time, you know, so anyway, we tend to set these really big goals and we tend to set ourselves up for failure, number one, or we set ourselves up to be slaves. Because now, you know, on January 1st, I made this decision and now I'm going to act like I'm a slave to the decision for the rest of the year, which is not an enjoyable experience. Yeah. I mean, we can get off on looking disciplined. But yet, we end up making ourselves into a robot, making ourselves into a tool to serve the decision we made at the beginning. Now, I'm for discipline. We're for discipline. We're for sacrifice and paying the price now for future reward. That's true. But I'm saying the the spirit of the human being in the process, we want freedom, but we prefer slavery. So it's the... go. I,
0: I was going to say, it's interesting you say that because I saw, I, I, I read the <laughs> Stoic stuff and there was this meme I found online because I was looking through a Stoic site and it was a guy in prison and he there was a key and a bread. And yep. He was choosing the bread rather than the key because yes. the bread would satisfy him immediately and the key would set him free. But if he didn't have the bread, he, if he had the key, he didn't have the bread, he wouldn't get to eat. And it kind of goes at what you're talking about. Like how often do we choose security over freedom and the freedom right of out. what? Because there's a certain level of freedom if you're gonna do something new. You've gotta act in a new way, a way that is got more resource than what I had up until that point. Which yep. means I'm gonna to have to free up from something. Yes. Right? There's something something probably has to die, so something else can be born again. There's a whole there's some math to do in there and you've gotta right keep on. doing the math day in and day out.
2: Right on. Right on. So what I like about your approach and we're similar in some ways and, you know, we think about things in some, way. I mean, it's part of why our camaraderie, but I think what you're talking about and your approach to it is actually, I think it gives honor and recognition to the fact that, um, every, although I might've set a goal or maybe even set an aim historically, I actually need to be real with where I am. Like where yeah. am I at now? And if, and if I'm in an honest dialogue about my own, Ways that I lie to myself and ways that I self-betray, if I'm in an honest dialogue about that and I'm actually committed to self-improvement, then I can trust myself that, you know, this happens for even like with working out all the time. It's like I if I get to bed too late at night and I then I I wake up in the morning and I don't wake up at 540, I wake up at six o'clock and, you know, is the best decision actually to get some more sleep on this day or am I going to beat my ass for the entire day because I quote unquote pussied out? You know,
0: well, you hit it on the head. That's what I was trying to get at. That's clear as a bell. Yeah.
2: So if I trust myself, then I'm actually able to ironically be looser with my quote unquote goals. I think like I can actually be more present with them. And that's the thing about goals is they're set in a vacuum, right? They're our best idea on a Tuesday afternoon. And yet, you know, and I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it from current reality, like current view of the future as i can see it right now and i don't know we of course don't know what's going to happen um but then we live this life of kind of silent disappointment if we don't hit our goals and we ought to let ourselves free from that framework and let, let, let keep in a contouring shaping conversation with the future that's the most appealing for me right now and yeah. that takes some guts especially as a leader i mean we see this in the political side all the time when people change their mind in politics we ridicule them for flip-flopping or they maybe they just got wiser same thing around goals is like i we set this goal and if we're honest with ourselves like it might shift over time it might actually go down because you know we, there's plenty of research around if you set a goal too high people actually don't give themselves to it cuz they think it's impossible and they'll do it slowly over time so they don't look so bad doing it but a goal that's too high is actually under-motivating. So it needs to be just beyond what we've done before. That's what that's what the research says. I forget where I heard that. And I forget obviously I heard the, the, same de- thing. I heard, the details yeah, about it. I so heard it
0: about it. Like, I think I heard Huberman talk about that.
2: Probably. Andrew likes to agree with me. But the <laughs> – that was a joke. Um, uh, but anyway, what is my point of all this rambling? Um,
1: well, can I – can I ask
2: Please, a question? save me. Uh, yes.
1: Yes. So I love this. Love what you're talking about and building this trust in yourself, building the conversation. What I hear is like, can I be in conversation with myself about this and yes. whether or not this is still what I want? And if it is, what can I do now about that Right. rather than what have I not done? What do I have to do? What's because right now is all we have and if we want this thing in the future we must take care of now yep right now this is it it adds complexity when we take it from ourselves in our internal conversation to the conversation with a team yes at least i make up that it adds complexity now there's a there's a certain I think most leaders listening to this, they see goals as serving a certain purpose around making sure that we're doing everything we can. Uh Uh-huh. Meaning, right, like if we set this thing high, if we set the expectation high, we will strive, even if we don't get it, we will strive and do our very best to get there, and that's how I'm going to get the most out of the people that are, I, I get that language is rough, but... That's, you know, that's okay. how we go the furthest together is by setting these goals. Yeah. How do you translate the conversation, Adrian, that I love that you're having about trusting yourself and being in the conversation yeah. with a team?
0: Well, yeah. You, I, go ahead, there's a We're talking, what we're talking about is that tension between perseverance and experimentation. Like how long do I stay with what I set out on and when do I try something new in a new way? and you've got to have both they sound opposite but they're they're it's part of it's a paradigm the innovation par- paradox that we talk about in the harrison and the idea is that, you know to persevere is to is to continue in the face of daunting uh you know circumstances or challenges and to experiment is to try something new in a new way and if i'm trying something new too often then i'm going to be non-finishing i'm going to be you know fits and stops and i'm not going to complete things but if i'm stubbornly persistent or persevering. I'm going to be stubbornly persevering and I'm going to beat a dead dog. I'm not, I'm going to waste resources and miss opportunities to make the shift. Like, you know, it's like in a logic tree, if you get to the end of, if you get to a cul-de-sac, you got to take a new, a new path of logic. You got to go back and choose another, try something new in a new way. So that tension is vital on a team because some people are going to want to move quicker to try something new in a new way and some people are going to want to persevere and and they and you've got to really there's got to be a vetting in there so that when you make the shift you're tracking if you're going to try something new in a new way you're tracking it so you can see the effectiveness of it and before you do that you really got to say have we really exhausted this what we're doing have we gotten is there still meat on the bone like that and if there is is it worth going for or is it better is it going to be more advantageous given our aim to try something new in a new way so that that's a that there's no formula to that it's just there's more of an awareness to it and a, and an inquiry into it given the context of whatever we're aiming at
2: yeah Sure. And my swing at your at your question, Chad, which I think was just kind of, how do you do this as a team? Like, how do you shape up this conversation? And, you know, there's traditional ways of doing it, which is, you know, maybe a boss, you set it, or maybe you pull people together and you throw numbers together. It's a little bit of a ego. There's so much, I was going to say dick measuring process, but that's kind of what it is. It's like, who's got the biggest guts to say something crazy, you know, whatever, which is usually... You know, really inauth- inauthentic. What they don't really vet for is the level of honesty in the conversation. Yeah. You know, and that's what I'm pushing towards is like. So here's in my ideal sense, of course, if you're the owner of a company, you better get get real about what you must get done this year. You know, that's probably good to get clear. What's what's the must? What must we get done? And and what do we want to what do we want to get done this year?
1: So vetting for the honesty is an interesting conversation. Like how how honest are we being with ourselves? How honest are we being like how am I how honest am I being with myself? How honest am I being with my team about what I think what I'm committed to creating in this next year? How do we vet that honesty, Dan, from your perspective? How do you how do you check well, there, in on there's it? There's
0: two forms of dishonesty. There's like, you know, oh we set the goal too high, as Adrian said, and that's not motivating. And the second one is I I sandbag. I sandbag I know what I can do, and I'm only gonna I'm gonna go that far. I'm gonna go a little back, a little bit to make sure I win. Those are the two polls I think that we've got to vet. Aide, yeah, It's back. So, so uh, I'm back. I Chad lost power asked, in Los Angeles. Yeah, Chad, why don't you ask Aiden that too? He can give you an answer on that. way.
1: Yeah, we're just talking about how do you vet that honesty? Um, how yep. do, how do you how how do you check in on that? I think part of it. For me is, well, take a look around and who's in the room. Yep. Are, are the people you're surrounding yourself people that you believe are being honest? Yeah. That's where we start. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I was, um, yeah, I got cut off there because I lost power, which is weird. Um, so, yeah, there's a handful of conversations. I think what comes up for me as we're talking about goals is if you're in a real conversation about goals, it's going to bring to the surface all the unhad issues on the team. If you're in a real conversation, so all the unhad I,
0: conversations you must look oh, right because right. and he's right because the minute you start, go ahead, you, you cut out again. Uh, sorry, go again.
2: A goal conversation will and will illuminate. It's all about possibilities, right? So, and what's possible for the team is a amalgamation of what's possible for all the individuals at the table and how, how each person at the table has been showing up. There's a, there's a feedback loop that probably hasn't, you know, been lived out in full force. So when you're talking about goals and you're talking about what's possible for this team, it actually naturally brings up conversations about people's potential and if they've been living into their potential, or if they've not been living into their potential. And so my point is that usually we will avoid those conversations in order just to have this kind of socially acceptable BS conversation about goals. So that's why I always love in a group dynamic to hear what each individual individual at the table thinks what's possible. In a private setting, I'd love to have you know, the six people, write down what do you think we could do revenue wise this year individually versus the group think where everybody's just kind of deciding how to socially fit into the to the what the big cheese thinks. Right on. You know, but to have somebody give them get clear for themselves and there's always thinking that's, you know, generating that answer, um, and that ought to be vetted because there's concerns and interests that are baked into that that need to be vetted. And so uh, my, I guess my broader point is a goal type conversation um, can actually be a phenomenal opportunity to do some feedback for how we're doing health wise in the organization and how we're doing individually in an organization that can be, I think maybe even yeah. like the biggest, the biggest gift of a goal conversation is it naturally generates a diagnostic for us about what's possible. Cause what's possible is when everybody's pulling their own weight or expands increases the amount of weight they can pull.
0: Yeah, it's like your your distinction about living into the potential is a big deal. I, I think it's a powerful distinction because either somebody living in either either somebody's living into their potential, either I'm living into my potential or I'm lying about my potential. And I might be lying about my potential for political reasons. Or I might be lying about my potential for personal reasons and that can go either way. The lie can be I commit to too much, or I owe, commit to more than I'm willing to put myself at stake for, and that might be for political reasons because I'm jockeying for a position on the team, and I'm not thinking about really the overall company, but my own, you know, my own advancement. Or I might be lying about my potential and I'm holding back because I really don't want to give what I think is wanted and needed because I'm afraid, you know, I'm scarce about my ability to do that and create that kind of agreement. Maybe at home and I'm not integrated well with my family and my, like that, there's a there's a tension there. So that it, you think about this, it goes, it's really anchors back into the kind of relationship the team has with each other. You know, that, that's really what the diagnostic is going to reveal. Like, how real can I be about where I'm at? Even if where I'm at doesn't align, the only way to get aligned is to start with where I'm at and then and then banter that around. Have iron sharpen iron.
2: Yeah. Surprise, surprise, the take new ground crew thinks it's an op- opportunity to look at the vi- you know, look at the quality of relationships. That's okay. usually what we come back to most of the times because that's where everything happens anyway. Um
1: Yeah. That's what I was so, gonna say.
2: Yeah. I was, yeah I was just,
1: gonna, well, so you're telling me I can't we can't just throw some numbers up on the board and, and, and go on with our year?
0: Well go ahead. And- you You know know, that comes with a caveat go ahead and throw up the numbers just remember you you can't explain your way out of what you behaved your way into
2: right (laughs) yeah yeah my invite is just if you're going to do a goal setting thing just don't be lame about it like just be 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 real about it you know what i'm saying like don't do some kind of bullshit thing because you should because there is a pressure right to like set new goals and and, like, you know, set forward, like, a bold vision. But if you're not being – if you're not there, then be real about it. And, like, you know, I mean, that's why it, it'd be helpful to do a – what yeah, What will we do this year if we don't do anything new? Just let's get that number set. Yeah. And then about, what do we do this year if we decide – if we decide to up the ante? And what does that look like? And if they're – you know, if we break the big goal down into department heads or – big opportunities. There's always ideas, great innovative ideas that are hiding under the table that if we, you actually bring it to the team, like what's the surprising advantage we could have this year? Like, what have you been thinking about that you've not found the opportunity or forced the opportunity or been asked about? Like, what are you holding back? Are you holding something back? Um, that might be a growth edge for us. What would that be? Um, And that's that's a really quality conversation. So there's like opportunity baked in this kind of natural, a little bit bullshitty conversation about goals. I mean, I always rag on people about goals because people don't mean it. Right. They just say, here's our goal. And they don't mean it. They don't like they're not they're not clear on what the plan is to get there. They're not clear on the level of sacrifice is going to take from them, either from them themselves, the sacrifice it'll take interpersonally. Because to make some kind of exponential leap, you got to put relationships at stake.
0: Well, like you yeah, got to take risks for other people. Yeah, that's where the completion comes in. Like you can start with what didn't work in the year before, and that led up to this. But you're probably going to also pick up some completion as you set the goal, or as you start talking about setting the goals. There are going to be things that didn't necessarily work in your conscious when you started talking about com- what didn't work, and so along the way, be prepared because if there's no way, if you know, you get everybody to say, "Okay, we're going to double our goal this year." But if they won't talk to each other because they hate each other or because they had some upset, maybe at the Christmas party even, you know, whatever, that's just going to produce more resentment in the culture. So, you know, a lot of times I think people don't connect the kind of relationship that's wanted and needed to produce a breakthrough in, you know, production. Like, there's gonna, I think we have to be tighter and we're going to have to be able to have conversations that, up until that point, maybe we've been resistant to and unwilling to look into and and, and to listen Four. for. Sure.
2: Yeah. Well, the distinction I make between goals. So anytime we, you know, we have people fill out what's called an intro form if you're going to start coaching with us, and the and the, the kind of the, the meatiest first questions that come past all the demographics, we don't have a section on goals. Um, we, we phrase it and frame it uniquely. We say, what new results are you committed to create over different timeframes, right? So the, you know, if you're going to work with somebody for six months, what new results are you committed to create over the next six months? That's the first question. And then what new results are you committed to create over the next three months, right? And there's obviously ought to be a relationship between the six-month um, results that you're committed to create and the three-month results that you're committed to create. Obviously, we frame that intentionally, because it's results, like we'll see it happen. It's going to happen in reality, number one. And what new results are you committed to create? So there's assumptions baked in there that it's going to require your level of investment, your level of participation, and that it, might, it will require some creativity. So it's yeah. not like goals. Like Most people, when they say goals, it would, they relate to it like it would be nice if this happened. And there's nothing invigorating in that except for we kind of look good and then we kind of practice this slow walk to despair because we're not going to hit it and then we got to rehearse all the, the all the excuses about why we didn't hit it and who we're going to blame for it and blah blah blah. Instead, like, what are we really committed to create this year? Very different conversation than what are our goals for this year? What are we committed to create? And I'll just add last thought in my mind is. People naturally are sprinting towards the end of the year, either to hit their quotas or to wrap things up or to do the thing or whatever. And people, I think, usually come into the new year pretty tired. And, you know, and they'll they'll probably label it as burnout because that's socially acceptable to just say I'm burnout and then they can, like, check out and nobody can get on them about it because there's plenty of articles about it or whatever. Um, But, you know, it's good to take a real temperature of... You know, what are people around the table? What are they committed to create? And do they need to take a breather or do they want to take a breather? Do they need to rejuvenate themselves? And if so, (laughs) what would they need to do that? Do they still want to be here? Yeah. You know, maybe they don't want to be here anymore. And there's certain aspects of their behavior that are illuminating that. And that's a great conversation to have. Because if someone's not going to throw themselves at the future, um, it'd be good to Talk about that, like in a loving way, like, okay, maybe you don't want, you know, nobody's got to do this by the way, but if you're a CEO and like, who wants to be here at the end of next year, at what level of, at what percentage of certainty do you know you want to be here by the time we set goals for 2025? And it, that would be good. day. Nobody's going to ask that question because it's a gutsy question, but if you did, man, that'd be great because then you see where people are. Maybe they're hundred percent in no, there's no hesitation at all. Maybe people know they're like fifteen percent. They're already polishing their resume. People won't yeah. ask that question, and people won't be honest about it. But man, it's a great opening for folks to at least get real with themselves. So we know who to depend on moving forward. Because if you do set audacious goals, you know, and get really clear about what you're committed to create, it's going to cause a press on people. Like it naturally generates the tension. So and and it'd be good to know now, so you can intervene and to see if there's somebody that's worth saving. Or somebody that you need to help them think through how to exit properly?
0: You know, well, the conversation that I think often gets missed or overlooked in that process is the conversation between do you have the result and what percentage of the result do you have? And if you don't have the result, what reasons do you live in that justify the lack of the result? Because that, if that doesn't get to the surface, then the new possibilities won't show up because it's in the relationship that one has. If I'm convinced that circumstances stop me or that, you know, whatever I've placed as the reason, if I don't investigate the what's possible if I gave up that reason, like what is that? In, or, in order to overcome that reason, what was it calling on from me? And am I up to giving that this time? And if I'm not, don't make the commitment because most likely what the commitment's going to require of you is more than what you think it's going to require from you. Anyway, I always like stopping in the middle of the process, like you know, maybe halfway through a, a project, and say, "Okay, let's just stop. What's working? What's not working? Okay, let, here's what we got. That's not working. What stories are you using now to justify these things not working? Let's just get clear about those right now because that we can have those conversations now instead of at the end of the year. Let's have them now, and then we might find we'll probably find new ways to be with each other, new ways to relate to each other, new ways to relate to what we're doing. That will transcend those reasons, and that might even mean that we reduce the commitment. It could mean that, or we change the commitment to something we see as more relevant because of the process. But but we're gonna we're gonna be tracking reality rather than fantasy. That's yeah. really yeah. What I'm after.
1: What's the point of setting the new aim if we don't reconcile the the one we That's right. missed or or or, or got. It's like right um I compared it to the other day I was on a coaching call I compared it to going to, to the it was a it, I was this particular client trains with his local SWAT team as far as like drills and and aim and stuff like and you know shooting skills and stuff like that and um I asked him, you know what would be the point of going out, doing the drills, and never pulling the target in? That's a yeah. Meaning pulling the target in to see where your shots landed. Yeah. Like that's the first thing. You, you empty a magazine, the first thing you do is you pull the target in, see how did I do? Yep. Yeah. And mo- a lot of people don't do that as far as their goals go, right? It's like do, are, you, are you willing to pull the target in and actually see where it landed? take the feedback and then put it back out there. And uh, anyway, that's the conversation I hear you inviting people into.
0: It's number one. I think that's the number one cause of divorce as well, is I don't stop to look at the target. I don't stop to pull it in and see, am I hitting the target with my spouse, with my children? You know, you can do it there. You can do it at work. Like how often do I check in to see how accurate am I? Am I actually accomplishing what I think I'm up to?
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, yep. and something else that comes to mind, it's a little bit of a tactic. Um, it comes out of a value is, you know, let's just say you work out a process of like getting the goals or getting the, you know, commitments out there on the table. If if I'm running the conversation, I would want to create a huge opening. Um, and And I would ask something like this. So as we look at these goals, what, I'd invite people to be cynical. Essentially, I'd invite like a devil's advocate role. Like, why? Why might we not hit this or who thinks this is crazy um, and, and fantasy? Who thinks that? Let's just be that for a second. Let's take this apart about what's going to eat. You know, what's going to eat us for, you know, what's the phrase? I don't know. What's going to eat our results for breakfast? I don't know. What's going to betray this? Why might we not get this? And that's a huge opening. You have to get permission for it because it's a, it's a bad look if we're all in this kind of, you know, uh, little dance about looking good when we're in a goal setting thing. But like, no, no, let's take this apart. Why analyze the pitfalls? Essentially, why might we not do this? And it's going to get great feedback on the table. Now, there could be some structural things. People will probably likely talk about that. There might be some market things. There might be some competitor things. But the juiciest stuff will be the dynamics on the team, like around trust and around communication, yep. around what's not happening, probably feedback for you as a boss. So I would invite all of those conversations on the table and create a huge opening for those so people feel comfortable doing it, so people feel invited to do it, to know that you want to know what the bad news is as well as as, as we're in this kind of aspirational stance. Let's be real about it. You know, Obviously, we're always trying to get people to do this both and, like, Yes, be very committed to an unprecedented future and be rigorously sober about reality today. So that's a way to get reality on the table so that your aspirational notions aren't just notions. They're actually can potentially get to the level of commitment versus some kind of gesture. Hmm. Then
1: You think we had something to say about this? Yeah. yeah. We should, I'm glad we we should we do a thing should... on
0: goals. We had to roll up to it. <laughs>
1: Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, a lot of great always. stuff here. Yeah, Good thanks to be here. Bye-bye, everybody. Well, my friends, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast. As a heads up, every Friday, we post a Cliff Notes version of that week's conversation with all the highlights in under five minutes. Check that out for a quick and powerful reminder of the principles discussed. I hope this conversation has been valuable to you. If it has, the greatest compliment you could pay us is sharing it with somebody who could use it. Thanks so much for listening. And until next week, bye-bye, everybody.